From the dream makers at Disney. An exciting new theme park is coming to Southern California. Located right next door to Disneyland Park. Celebrating all the fun and adventure of California. Introducing Disney's California Adventure. And there you have it, the opening day commercial for Disneyland's California Adventure. Welcome back, everyone, to the Destination Disney Podcast, episode 22 here. And we're talking about the park of the day, Park Spotlight California Adventure over at the Disneyland Resort. Uh, We're going to try something different for these uh, podcasts and the next podcast coming up probably. Uh, We'll see how it goes, but we'll talk about stuff. We'll go more in depth in the storytelling. Uh, Did a lot more research on this podcast and as time goes on, we'll hear different audio clips. So um, and I often mentioned uh, in the past, I usually mentioned something about, like, you guys should totally check out the YouTube video or definitely listen to that soundtrack because it's awesome. Well, I'm going to try to do it a little differently. I know we can't watch videos together, but I'll play the audio, and this way you get a better sense of what I'm talking about. And that's what we're going to do. As, uh, I've done some research on other podcasts, and other podcasts seem to do this. So we're going to try to go with that flow. But, of course... We're going to start with the news, and there's a lot of news to get to, so we will hop right into it. It is August 5th, 2021, uh, and this is episode 22 of the Destination Disney Podcast. So, uh, Disney Plus news, uh, Scarlett Johansson has recently filed a lawsuit against Disney over her Marvel movie Black Widow. Uh, Scarlett Johansson believes she is owed more money as a major part of her salary was based on how the movie did in the box office. When Disney releasing the movie on Disney+, Plus, this greatly affected how the movie did in the box office. And a couple days later, Emma Stone filed a similar lawsuit against Disney based on the same reasons, but for her movie in which she starred in Cruella. Uh, Walt Disney World will require all cast members to be vaccinated, and all current employees who are unvaccinated will have 60 days to get it done. This came about a week ago, so now a little less time than 60 days. Uh, and along with this, uh, as the Delta variant continues to grow, masks are back in both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Uh, this came into effect on July 30th, and masks are required for all indoor locations, all transport services, and at all attractions. California Girl at Ken Temporaries Resort will have a special update for the new 50th anniversary celebration dining experience, and that will begin on October 2nd. So, unfortunately, you cannot make any dining reservations to California Grill at Contemporary Resort for a little bit uh, starting October 2nd. Some Disney Vacation Club members will be getting a squeak peek, as they're calling it, of Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. Uh, No date has been announced for that, but Disney Vacation Club members will ride the ride sometime in September if they are at the Walt Disney World Resort. Finally, uh, big news for Walt Disney World, not finally, but huge news that we're going to be talking today. Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser uh, will officially open in the spring of 2022, and we got a ton of new details about this special resort. For starters, it will be two days and two nights uh, only, with everyone boarding and leaving on the same day. We also got some first looks at the special food offerings coming to this special resort. Uh, I guess we'll have at least... uh, well, they actually have a couple of dinners included um, and a lot of entertainment along with alien performers, as they're calling it, the best performers in the galaxy. Guests will also have a tra- special transport vehicles that will take them from the hotel to Batuu, 
which is also known as Galaxy's Edge in Disney's Hollywood Studios. It was also noted that the stories found in Galaxy's Edge, such as the new Star Wars legend Oga, and the stories of the Black Spire Outpost will directly interact with the stories you find on board the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, as the two ideas were thought of at the same time. Uh, so later uh, in the week, actually, on August 4th, we got the first commercial for the Star Cruiser, and here it is. For the first time, it's real. We've traveled to the far reaches of the galaxy. We got recruited by the Resistance. And now, we're ready. Come on, Dad! We gotta go save the ship! No. We're gonna save the galaxy. So it definitely sounds really cool and really exciting. Uh, guests staying on the Star Cruiser will have first access to both Smuggler's Run and Rise of Resistance. So as you know, Rise of Resistance is pretty tough to get on. So staying at the resort will definitely, definitely help. Uh, and they promise a ride on this tremendous ride. I'm going to quickly read the itinerary. Um, so at 1 p.m. you arrive at the terminal uh, at the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Uh, launch pod, uh, you will t- then take a launch pod to the Star Cruiser itself, and ship orientation happens from 1.45 p.m. to 2.15 p.m. Following that will be a light refreshment and then Sabak lessons. I don't know what that is. I think it's going to be a language that they'll be speaking. Um, and then you'll have um, mustard stations, your practice abandoning ship. Uh, then the captain's reception at 4.30 to 5.00. And then dinner featuring live music from 5.30 to 7. And then you will head to the Outer Rim Regala uh, at 7.15 to 7.30. And then you will head to bridge training. And then you'll have special atrium entertainment to last the night. On day two, uh, breakfast is from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Transport shuttle 2 by 2 or Galaxy's Edge, will happen from 8.15 to 8.25. Uh, Rise of Resistance, you'll get on and uh, from 8.45 to 9.30. The Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run will happen from 10 to 10.30. And then you'll have lunch at Docking Bay 7 at Galaxy's Edge at 11.15 a.m. to 11.45 a.m. Then you'll take a a transport shuttle back to the Star Cruiser around 12.40, and you'll head into some lightsaber training from 1 to 1.30. Next, after that, you'll have a droid racing competition from 2.30 to 2.50, and then build a model spaceship from 3 to 3.30. After that, you will have a tournament of some kind, cocktails at the Sublight Lounge, and then taste around the galaxy dinner from 5.30 to 7 p.m. Uh, finally, uh, at 10 p.m., there will be a spectacular finale. And then that will bring us to the final day three, which is breakfast at 8.30 to 9.30 a.m., and then launch pod to the terminal from 9.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. So, you're probably wondering, what does all this cost, and what do you get? Well, the price is quite a hefty push tag, so I'm going to say the price first, and then I'll tell you what you stay, uh, what you get with your stay. Uh, For a two-guest cabin, it is $1,209 per guest per night, or $4,809 for the entire voyage. Again, quite a hefty price tag. 
but you can also switch to a three guest cabin and a three guest cabin is $889 per guest per night or a grand total of $5,299 for your voyage. Or if you're a party of four, there is a four guest cabin and that is $749 per guest per night or $5,999 for the entire voyage. So with such a pricey uh, price tag, um, what do you get with your stay? Well, you get a two-night stay in a galactic star cruiser, a spaceship, ongoing immersive and interactive entertainment where choices determine your experience. Food and beverages on the star cruiser are included, excluding alcohol and specialty beverages, and a quick service meal at Docking Bay 7 Food uh, at other select locations at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Also comes along with admission to Disney Hollywood Studios for your planetary planetary excursion to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, valet parking, exclusive Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser data, whatever that means, um, and an incredible uh, experience of a lifetime. That's all coming to you uh, for the price. Um, so if you're a huge Star Wars fan, I think this is this is your dream. Um, if you're not a huge Star Wars fan, this means nothing to you. Uh, but it's it's exciting to see if this type of resort does well, and uh, maybe if it does do well, they'll bring it back um, and uh, have it uh, with other different themed movies as well. Uh, finally, in Walt Disney World, we're going to talk about the Fab 50 characters. Uh, the Fab 50 characters we mentioned before on the podcast um, were actually taking it over on uh, Instagram. I couldn't find anyone that was keeping track of all the characters uh, found. Uh, so we are doing that over at the Destination Disney Podcast Instagram. Uh, so just go over there and click on there, and our story highlight is there. Uh, it will be 50 characters coming uh, that will receive special statues for uh, in Walt Disney World and one of the four parks. So far, Mickey Mouse has been announced. Edna from The Incredibles has been announced. Lumiere and Cogsworth. Timon and Pumbaa. Goofy. Daisy Duck. Pooh and Piglet. Dante from Coco, uh, the cat from Alice in Wonderland, Bo Peep and Woody, Donald Duck, and there was one more today that I just saw, but I'm forgetting it now, uh, but I will look it up real quick. Oh, the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland as well. So those are just the char- some of the characters announced. Um, of course, we'll be expecting Minnie Mouse, um, Pluto, Chippendale. All those guys, I'm sure, will make it. Uh, but interesting uh, that Bo Peep and Woody make it. I, uh, a question that I asked uh, on my Instagram was, do you think that another Toy Story character will make it in the top 50, being that there's already two? And surprisingly to me, 90% of you said yes. Um, so I think a lot of you think that Buzz Lightyear will get his own statue as well. And I, I do th- tend to think you're right now that I'm more thinking about it, but there are a lot of characters to do. Um, I'm wondering if they will do people statues, um, like real people statues. I know they're doing like, um, also Joe Gardner from Soul was announced, uh, as well. And I know they're doing like people like that, like animated people, but I wonder if they're doing like a real humans, like a Luke Skywalker type statue or Princess Leia type statue. Um, cause I would assume they have to be in the top 50 characters, but again, I'm not sure if they're doing real people, but we will definitely keep an eye on that as it happens. Um, heading over to Hollywood Studios, the wonderful world of animation show has returned, 
and happens every night now at Hollywood Studios. And it's not a major fireworks show, uh, but it does include some fireworks uh, throughout the show, especially at the end. Harmonious got a special video uh, in Epcot. Uh, this seems to be a trailer for the show. And a lot of comments of the video were very negative. Uh, this is a show that I've been pushing for. I'm so excited to see the show. Um, but a lot of people have a lot of negative comments to say. One user even commented, Eh, it kind of looks good, but it isn't worth having those stupid things on the water 24-7. Shame on Disney for this. Another one commented, I hope it's really pretty at night because it's a huge eyesore for 95% of the rest of the day. Harmonious is set to debut on October 1st at 9.45 p.m. and will replace Epcot Forever, which will end on September 28th. Some cast members will also get a squeak peek uh, of Remy's Ratatouille Adventure before it debuts on August 1st. First report of the ride says it's amazing and it's an awesome new era for the Disney Dark Ride. Heading over to our last park, Magic Kingdom, happily happily ever after will officially end on September 29th with the new nighttime show Enchantment debuting on October 1st at 9pm. Scaffolding has been put up around Splash Mountain as this may finally begin to see the end of Splash Mountain. Kind of surprising, I thought they would wait till after the 50th anniversary or maybe during the 50th anniversary, but uh, a scaffolding has erected Around Splash Mountain, this may be the end for Splash Mountain. Uh, the Hall of Presidents is also now reopened with President Biden animatronic making its debut. Uh, President Biden uh, recorded special audio, uh, especially for this attraction. And with that, that does it with the news. Um, so normally, uh, we would take a break right now. But in fact, uh, we are not going to do that. We're going to keep going through. Uh, no sponsorships. Again, we'll talk about all that later uh, at the end of the podcast. But we are going to head right into the park of the day, and that is Disney's California Adventure. So this theme park uh, is super exciting because this is actually probably the last time we'll talk in depth about Disneyland for a long while as my internship at Walt Disney World begins in just a couple weeks. And when that happens, the podcast will definitely focus on that. Um, but with that being said, we still have this whole episode dedicated to Disneyland's second theme park, Disney's California Adventure, is one Disney park that is full of crazy history and facts, and we're going to dive right into it all. This is I'm really excited for this podcast. Um, a lot of people don't know the crazy history that was Disney's California Adventure, and I'm very excited to share with it, uh, share all this fun facts with you all. So Disney's California Adventure opened on February 8th, 2001. Uh, this park is actually known as Disney's most troubled park ever. Uh, in the 80s and early 90s, uh, Walt Disney World, while Walt Disney World was voted as one of the top places to vacation, Disneyland did not make it into the list, for it only had one theme park, while Walt Disney World had four. Guests said it would not be worth the trip to California for just one theme park, while you could just go to Walt Disney World, which had four, and you can justify staying a week. While in Disneyland, you can really only justify staying a day. An original idea for this theme park dates all the way back to the late 80s, uh, when Disney Imagineers wanted to build a Disney theme park based around movies near Disneyland. The problem was that Disneyland had a very limited space, and the park wouldn't fit within this limited space. So some ideas were thrown around, and a new park uh, 
like new concept art showed a new park built in Burbank, California, which is where Disney most of the Disney executive offices were at the time, and usually are uh, pretty much now. But they are actually on the move uh, to Florida and Vancouver now too, um, in the in the future. But at the time, obviously, all the executive offices were in Burbank, California. Uh, this park was meant to be a focus on nighttime activities uh, for adults, along with some fancy restaurants and some special shopping locations. Burbank welcomed the idea. They loved the idea, and the original plans were made. But then when they were brought to the CEO, the idea was stopped when the first concept of the park and uh, trying to find the pricing for the park, uh, the pricing they figured was more than double the budget planned for it and Disney scrapped the idea and went back to the drawing board. In 1990, Michael Eisner, the CEO at Disney uh, at the time, promised a sister park to Disney's Magic Kingdom that would come to shape within the next 10 years. Eisner announced at a packed news conference that Disneyland will get beefed up during the next 10 years and is even going to get a brand new sister theme park nearby. And as far as the brand new theme park here in California, Eisner says it hasn't been decided what kind of park it will be. The plan was marketed as the Disney decade, and even Eisner said that he did not know what the theme park would be based off just yet, but at that it would expand the Disneyland Resort. Later that same year, it came to public knowledge that Disney had two bids in two different places in California for two different theme parks. They had a permit for a spot in Long Beach Island in which concept art reveals a Disney-themed park known as Disney Sea. Uh, it's important to know if you're a crazy Disney fan like myself, you're thinking Disney Sea in Tokyo. Uh, Disney Sea in Tokyo did not open in 2000, did not open until 2001, so this was about 10 years before that happening. This would have been based on all things of the ocean, including the creatures and unexplored ocean of the deep. Later plans revealed showed that Disney Sea was not just it. They actually Disney Sea was just part of a whole new Disney resort entirely, which would be known as Port Disney. Port Disney actually had received a budget of over three billion dollars. So Disney's plan was not only to make a new theme park in California, but to make a new resort in California at Long Beach Island. At the same at the same time, Disney was also exploring the idea of building a theme park across the way from Disneyland Park. This park would be named Westcott, which would have been the western version of Epcot. First concept art shows the lagoon with the countries located around, but the big difference is that the Epcot Ball, or Spaceship Earth, is located directly in the center of the lagoon with the countries and world pavilions, uh, the three main pavilions surrounding it. There were three main pavilions in the original concept art that were the Wonders of Earth, the Wonders of Living, and the Wonders of Space. Along with this would be Westcott's own version of the World Showcase uh, and would focus on the four corners of the Earth according to Disney, which were Asia, Europe, the Americas, and Africa. Westcott's Spaceship Earth was also planned to be double, the size the one found in Epcot with lights shining out the top of it. Anaheim was desperate to keep Disneyland growing for it contributed much of the tax revenue for Anaheim. So Anaheim officials offered the Disney company $1 billion to build their new theme park in Anaheim and not go to Long Beach. This is an offer that Disney accepted 
and chose Anaheim for the new park destination. Fun fact, uh, some say that Port Disney in Long Beach was never actually a real plan. It was just rather a ploy that Disney used to try to get more money from Anaheim officials. Um, I don't know if this is true. No one will say this is ever true. You can think what you think. Let me know what you think. Um, I personally think that that's not true. I really think they were focusing on Disney Sea as a thing, especially because they opened Disney Sea in Tokyo uh, just a couple years later. So I really think it was a real idea that they wanted to try in the United States first, but uh, funding came from elsewhere. And that is why they chose Westcott. But in 1991, Port Disney was canceled, and Westcott was officially revealed to the public, and the plans showed that Westcott was meant to be uh, larger than Epcot found in Florida, and six times the size of Disneyland Park in California, which is crazy to think about. Disney release plans showed where the park would be, and showed that the park was going to be massive. How massive? Well, big enough that it would spill over property Disney did not own, and that is quite the problem. A local California newspaper picked up the plans of the new Westcott, and it showed that the property for Westcott actually spilled off into property that Disney did not own yet. Uh, the story goes that a California business owner with a business very close to Disneyland opened the newspaper and was reading the newspaper and found where his business was, uh, Disney had actually written over and said that there would be a future parking garage there, and no one had come and told him that yet. So that was quite the big problem, uh, which sparked a movement with local Anaheim residents, for they did not want to expand Disneyland to track even larger crowds as the crowds were pretty massive as it was already. Having a new, bigger park would attract more people, more tourists, and a lot of residentials did not want it. Um, so they had to reduce the size of Westcott multiple times to try to fit it in Disneyland's limited space. So Disneyland started to draw new plans that would scale down the park so that it would fit in Disneyland's limited space. At the same time this was all going on, Euro Disney opened in Paris. This new theme park in Europe, the first one in Europe, and the only one in Europe was scheduled to produce the money the Disney company needed and would use to fund Westcott. Euro Disney opened and suffered tremendous loss. The $2 billion resort would lose $900 million in its first year of operation, which forced Disney to scale back Westcott even more. Along with this, a final blow came on April 3, 1994, when Disney President Frank Wells passed away in a helicopter crash. He was the financial genius behind all the new Disney parks created during his tenure. Three months after this, Michael Eisner went into bypass heart surgery, and after recovering from this, his pursuit of growing the Disney company slowed down tremendously. After all of these events, Disney's Westcott was scaled back so small that it was not even close to being the original that it was once thought to be, so Disney officially canceled Westcott. In August of 1955, Michael Eisner held a retreat with some of his employees in Colorado. Here the talk of expanding Disneyland once again reopened with the hope to build up the resort so that people from far away would come to visit, just like people from far away were visiting Walt Disney World. Michael Eisner pointed out that a lot of people came from all over the world just to see California, so he came up with the idea 
to have a theme park based on the state that the theme park was located in, California. This park would be named Disney's California Adventure. The idea was to include everything you could do in California in this one theme park. This new expansion received a budget of over $1.4 billion, and the first initial plans of Disney's California Adventure were a lot different than what we got. Perhaps the most notable would be the giant golden spire, which was taken from the concept art of Westcott. This golden spire would be ginormous and would be meant to seen from miles and miles away and would be the tallest structure in all of Anaheim. Perhaps most famously was Superstar's limo high-speed dark ride concept, but we'll talk about more of that in later. And another idea was Yosemite Playground with sprouting water geysers, and then toward the back of the park would be Surf City, where guests could... Uh, take a look into California's famous beaches, equipped with a huge lighthouse, and even a wave pool in which some guests could take surfing lessons. Another attraction that was scrapped was Disney's Golden Dream. This, based off the attraction American Adventure in Epcot, Spread your golden wings Sail on freedom's wind Cross the sky Great bird With your golden dreams Flying high Flying high oh, oh. Restless one
this American Adventure style show was going to be all about California's history. Finally, initial concept art showed the plans for Disney's tractor yard. Here guests could see how farming is done around the state and in the state of California with a walkthrough attraction and then a show at the end. Construction finally began on the new theme park in January of 1998, and as time went on with construction, Disney decided to make some more cuts to save some even more money as lack of funding for the park was uh, starting to show up. With this, they scaled back a lot, and a lot of the attractions that I mentioned before never saw the light, except for Superstar Limo. You see, Superstar Limo was going to be the e-ticket attraction of California Adventure. The premise of this ride was that you were a movie star, and you were being chased around by the paparazzi. You needed to get use a limo, uh, get away fast, uh, away from the paparazzi, and then which at the end you will run into Michael Eisner, who would then sign you to a tremendous movie deal. Unfortunately, on August 31st, 1997, Princess Diana uh, was involved in a car crash and passed away after the driver of her limo was running away from the paparazzi. This happened exactly at the same time that Superstar Limo was in development. So obviously they didn't want any backlash from this, so they tried to change Superstar Limo as much as they could, although they had built a lot of stuff for it already. Um, they wanted to change the ride so much that no one could connect it to. And while the story now for the new Superstar Limo was that it was a slow-moving dark ride in which you went through all of California and met some of the celebrities. Um, this ride was terrible, um, to say the least. Uh, it was very bad. Wax figures, um, not really animatronics, just shaking wax figures of different celebrities. Um, there was really no story to it uh, besides just seeing different fake uh, wax-figured celebrities. Um, and Superstar Limo is actually probably one of the most famous attractions Disney's ever created, being that it was the worst attraction Disney ever created. It only lasted a couple months uh, before closing uh, for a refurbishment, but then actually closing for good and never opening again. But like I said, the park opened on February 8th, 2001, with a couple of different rides, um, but not too many. Um, it opened with 26 restaurants, 20 stores, and 12 attractions. And Michael Eisner was there for the opening day ceremony. Today marks the dawn of a new era in the Disney company. We are about to unveil a new gateway, a gateway to the golden dreams of California, a new state of mind where spirits are free to discover everything under the sun, Disney's California adventure. With such limited attractions and so many shops and restaurants, it is not uh, too much of surprise that the overall, overall reaction from guests was not the best. Guests complained that there were way too many restaurants and stores, not enough attractions, and they were completely right. Uh, after its first year, California Adventure saw only 5 million visitors, while Disneyland Park saw 15 million that same year. So it was very clear that guests were still going to Disneyland Park, but not even trying California Adventure, even though it was the new park. After a year of operation, Disney looked to help boost the attendance of this new park, and it started with nighttime entertainment. Disneyland Park 
had just said goodbye to the Main Street Electrical Parade, so Disney brought it over uh, to Disney's California Adventure with the hope to get guests to stay through the night and stay late at the park. They also brought Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Play It, which was an exact copy of the one in Hollywood Studios, and it was doing very well in Hollywood Studios. In 2005, Bob Iger, the new CEO of Disney, came along and gave Imagineers a new budget of $1.1 billion to fix Disneyland's California adventure. This was double the price that it cost Disney to make the park in the first place. This effort to fix the park started in 2007 and contained some of the great attractions that we have today, such as Cars Land and other uh, different attractions as well, along with Guardians of the Galaxy, Mission Breakout, and all that crazy fun stuff. Which brings us to Disney's California adventure that we know and love today. Uh, today, the park does extremely well and is uh, built on Disneyland's old parking lot. It is right across the way from Disneyland Park. And so you're probably wondering, well, what is in Disney's California Adventure today? And I will gladly tell you. Upon entrance, you will be in Buena Vista Street. And Buena Vista Street has the red car trolley system. Uh, you can definitely take this trolley system up and down Buena Vista Street. To your left, you have Hollywood Land. And there is the Hyperion, Hyperion Theater, um, which uh, in the past was showing a Frozen show. Uh, it's usually a 45 hour show before it was Aladdin, uh, but now it is closed right now, but uh, before it was closed due to COVID, it was a Frozen show. Also in Hollywood Land is the Disney Animation Studio, a walkthrough attraction, Mickey's Philhar Magic, which is now completed with that new Coco scene, and uh, I'm sure the Mickey's Philhar Magic uh, will in Magic Kingdom in Florida will be getting that scene very soon, and Monsters, Inc., Mike and Sully to the rescue, uh, which was replaced to Superstar Limo. Uh, fun fact about that, some of the um, SWAT, I forget what they're called. Uh, I don't think they're called SWAT. But the yellow people from, I, know, I think I, I hope you know what I mean, uh, from the Monsters, Inc., uh, it's actually some of the celebrities from Superstar Limo. They're just covered up, uh, which is pretty funny. It's the same animatronic, same wax figures, which is pretty funny. Um... Also in Hollywood Land is Disney Junior Show live on stage. Next uh, is Grizzly Peak. Grizzly Peak uh, is home to Grizzly River Run, which is was an opening day attraction at Disney's California Adventure, so that one survived. Uh, Soren Around the World is also found there. Uh, this replaced Soren over California. Uh, if you've never done Soren Around the World or Soren over California, well, you can't do Soren over California now, but if you ever done? Soaring Around the World, it is definitely home to one of the best audio uh, soundtracks uh, in all of Disney, and uh, definitely gets me hype every time I'm hearing it. Soaring to Tower, we are ready for takeoff.
So like I said, definitely an awesome soundtrack and uh, an even greater ride. Definitely worth the trip to either Epcot in Florida or if you're uh, near California, definitely ride it in Disney's California Adventure. Um, also in Grizzly Peak is the Redwood, Redwood Creek Challenge Trail. Uh, this was uh, definitely a tribute to the Redwoods found in California. Uh, next is Paradise Gardens Park, and that is home to the Little Mermaids, Ariel's Undersea Adventure, and to the nighttime show of Disney's California Adventure, which is not showing currently, uh, but I am definitely sure that it will come back uh, in the near future, and that is World of Color. World of Color is probably one of my favorites. Uh, well, it's definitely one of my favorites, if not my favorite Disney nighttime show, featuring 1,200 different fountains that are used to light this show. Um, it is a water uh, fountain show, obviously, and it has a tremendous, tremendous soundtrack. It's just so good that we have to listen to another audio clip. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's not even the finale, believe it or not, but just an incredible, incredible show. Uh, definitely go and watch it on YouTube or see it in person even better uh, in California Adventure. Uh, heading over to Pixar Pier, uh, we have the Incredicoaster. Uh, this replaced California Screamin', uh, which reaches a top speed of 50 miles per hour. It is a roller coaster. It is the fastest ride in Disneyland Resort and is the only ride in Disneyland Resort to have an inversion. Along uh, in Pixar Pier is Toy Story Mania, Inside Out Emotional Whirlwind, and the Pixar Pal Around, which was previously known as Mickey's Fun Wheel, and before that, the Sun Wheel. Also in Disney's California Adventure is Cars Land, and this is definitely, I think, one of the best, if not the best, uh, themed lands uh, Walt Disney has ever made. I mean, when you are in Cars Land, you totally feel like you're there. Um, they nailed it uh, to the T. Um, just so impressive, so immersive, such an immersive land um, with the rocks forming that you feel it's so big, even though it's really not that big. Just honestly one of the best lands they've made. Um, definitely like the best to the story. I know Star Wars Land is incredible, 
and um pandora land is like a uh, pandora is also impressive but this is identical from the movie which is cool um star wars doesn't have that same thing nor does pandora and animal kingdom but this is you can definitely watch it in the movie and you're like definitely right there it's it's incredible how well that they fit it together um it's one of disney's most expensive it's home to one of disney's most expensive rides ever built and that is radiator springs racers that is the e-ticket attraction it is a test track type uh, attraction where you race another car vehicle it's really fun and uh, this ride had a price tag of just over $200 million. Uh, also in Cars Land is Mater's Junkyard Jamboree and Luigi's Rollickin' Roadsters. Uh, finally is the new uh, land that a lot of people are talking about uh, is Avengers Campus. We talked about it before. It officially opened on June 4th, 2021, and it replaced a Bugs Land. Uh, it is home to two attractions. Uh, but along with that, I have one. It's also home to a bunch of different shows uh, that I also wanted to mention. So, is home to the Dora Milaje Warriors of Wakanda show. Um, those are the Black Panthers' security team. Uh, it's also home to Guardians of the Galaxy Awesome Dance Off, which is a dance show uh, happens right outside the attraction. Along with Doctor Strange: Mysteries of the Mystic Arts. A special uh, building and a special show building was made just for this special show. As far as attractions, it has two of them right now. It has Web Slingers, a Spider-Man adventure featuring Tom Holland as uh, Spider-Man, and Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, which replaced Hollywood Tower of Terror um, just a couple years ago. Uh, obviously, um, a lot of people are upset that this happened, uh, that they changed marvel uh tower terror to a marvel ride personally i think guardians of the galaxy mission breakout version is better but that's just my personal opinion i love the avengers um there is a possibility of another avengers ride uh, again this had a huge budget uh when avengers campus was first thought of i'm not sure due to covid pandemic and um concept art that has never really been released to the public uh just been released by accident uh, if that's actually happening, my guess is that it won't be happening in the near future, uh, maybe a little ways down the road, but not within the next coming years. Um, with that, of course, some people still have a problem with Disney's California Adventure. I think Disney's California Adventure is a fantastic park now, but a lot of people say it's based off of too much Disney-acquired properties, such as Pixar and Marvel, and not original Disney properties. And that's sure, that is definitely a valid argument being that you have Pixar Pier and then Avengers Campus. Um, but with that being said, there are also a lot of Disney rides and self in there as well that uh, help uh, boost the Disney theme, especially with Mickey's Philhar Magic and uh, Little Mermaid's Under the Sea Adventure. And of course, you have World of Color, which wraps it all up, uh, in my uh, opinion. But with that, that brings us to the end. Uh, well, I have to do my first, my top five rides. Uh, note that I have not been on Web Slingers yet, um, but I have been on the rest of these. Um, I haven't been on Incredicoaster, which is in my top five, but I have been on California Screaming. It's the same ride, just rethemed. So if anything, I think I would like it more because California Screaming was kind of like blah theming, but Incredicoaster is really cool. So definitely included it in my top five. So at number five, I have Toy Story Mania, classic ride. Find it in Hollywood Studios. 
Soaring Around the World comes in at number four with such an incredible soundtrack. Um, it's hard to miss this ride and not enjoy this ride. Uh, at number three is Incredicoaster, a Disney California Adventure exclusive. And at number two is Radiator Springs Racers, another Disneyland California Adventure exclusive. And at number one, I can't do it, uh, can't put anything else past it, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, uh, the replacement of Disney's Tower of Terror uh, for California Adventure. This California Adventure exclusive ride, definitely worth it. I think it's so much fun. Um, definitely the number one ride in Disneyland's California Adventure. And that's it. That's it for this podcast. Um, just want to say thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have any questions or anything about me, please feel free to email me at Destination Disney Podcast at gmail.com or send me a direct message at Destination Disney Podcast on Instagram. Um, you notice we I'm not going to do any sponsors uh, for this video. Um, figured you're probably sick of hearing the same old, same old commercial uh, 22 times now. Um, but uh, if you could really, uh, it's free. Tell your friends, tell your family about the podcast. Uh, really helps the podcast go. Or if you are listening on Apple uh, Podcast. Give me a, a rating, uh, anything. I'll, I'll read them all um, and definitely take that to heart, and that will really help me out and help our podcast uh, community grow. Um, I hope you like the new style of podcast. Um, I think uh, it's better, uh, more professional this way. Um, so I, I think we'll be able to keep it. Um, as far as the podcast goes, uh, I do leave for Walt Disney World in just uh, two weeks and a half, two Two and a half weeks, I think, yeah. So there will be one more podcast episode before I head over there. Um, I don't know. I we will definitely try, as I will try to continue these podcasts. I don't know if I will be switching to YouTube. Uh, I might be switching to YouTube just because I'm sure I'll have a lot more to show you and I'll have on-ride point-of-view uh, videos and stuff like that. So I'll probably be switching to YouTube, but not 100% sure yet. Uh, we'll just go see what my room is like and how the situation is and how often I do get to the park while I'm not working and all that fun stuff. Um, and maybe even I'll vlog or whatever, but we'll definitely keep you updated. Uh, definitely follow the destination Disney podcast on Instagram for all news and information. Um, but like I said, uh, if you really couldn't do anything, just please mention a friend say, Hey, like Disney or don't know anything about Disney. This is definitely a podcast for, uh, new listeners as well as, uh, listeners that, uh, know everything there is to know about Disney. So, I'm open to all of it. Uh, so just give them, tell them, drop a listen. That would be greatly appreciated, and that will really help this podcast grow. But until we meet again, uh, stay safe out there, um, and always remember there is a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow and tomorrow's just a dream away Man has a dream and that's the start He follows his dream with mind and heart And when it becomes a reality It's a dream come true for you and me So there's a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow just a dream of